When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Core. This is Core, episode, I don't know, 184. Hey, today's July 11th, 2019. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. We're here to talk about our favorite hobby. That's video games. Is it a hobby still or is it a lifestyle? What is it now? Can we still, what do we, what do we call it, Bo? If somebody says, what's your hobby? Do you say video games or do you, do you assume that games are more of a, a lifestyle, a life choice than they are a hobby? I usually start by saying things that are way too specific for the people asking that they immediately regret asking. Great. So ask me, what's your hobby? Uh, what's your hobby, Bo? See, I like to do podcasting, and it's about this game called Heroes of the Storm. You may not have heard of what a mobile online... Ba- okay, I started at the wrong spot. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Was or it, some other thing. Does it scare them off and they quit asking? They're all done after No, that? but usually when someone asks you what you're up to, they don't know you. You don't know them. Hmm. So you don't... It's not a gamer who's like, hello, I'm a gamer with specific interests in Witcher 3 and open world games. Like, you know, it's just whoever asks, right? And right. then they may... You're at that point where you're getting to know if you have shared interests, not that you already have them. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Well, uh, that's a good answer. John, how would you answer that question? Lifestyle? Hobby? Uh, you know, I had somebody at my work the other day say, John, you're into the, I don't know, internet game thing, right? And I <laughs> I just assumed like that's what everybody thinks of it as now. Yes, I am into the internet game thing hmm. now. I don't like so, that terminology whatever, at all. Whatever whatever that is, it's what I've been labeled at work. That fries my cheese on the wrong side of the bread. Don't like it. No, sir, I don't. Um, but trying to explain podcasting to your mother's friends who are all in their 70s, 
it's not happening. I try every time. Just say radio. I do, Talk and then they go, radio. "Well, now where can now do I just in my car? Do I just do the thing where I can get? Can I get it in my car?" They always ask that, and I say, "Well, sort of. No. You can get it in your car, but then that opens up this whole other bag of like uh, your phone and Bluetooth, and you're going down a path that is there's no way you're ever going to get back." Yeah, I got worst. the answer for you, Scott. You ready? Yeah, Watch. go. You'd be one of those old ladies. I'll tell you. I, I actually I'm I'm involved in radio. Okay, and then I'll say, "Oh." What station? Can I hear your show on on a station? Yeah, you can hear it on the on the radio. Well, how do I how do I do that? Just tune in in your car. <laughs> you just you're just lying to them is what you're doing. <laughs> uh, well, I don't. <laughs> they're not gonna ask. They're not gonna try to find it. And if they do, they're gonna assume they got it wrong. You, a... do they, if they have a Roku, you can at least tell them it's there. Yeah, but there's a, you, there's a there's a you have you have a frog pants app on Roku. I know there's something on all that stuff. You can just walk up to your Echo now and and say play the morning stream or play core and it'll do it. But you just say it's on Roku and they go, "What's that?" And yeah, they say, "What's a Roku?" Oh, it's a device you connect to your TV. What well, do you, you know mean, what like all the the old folk who don't understand internet are into right now? What's this called? There's some box that you can buy that basically allows you to illegally stream movies, mm. but old people don't know that. They just think it's a box. It's like a stream box, like everything else. Yeah, their nephews. And you got to go to a guy and yeah. they get it hooked up. I, all the people that are over 60 are like raving about this thing, like it's some legit. Product. Yeah, no, it's that popcorn. <laughs> like, no, thing. that's bad. You know what? Is it that popcorn? It's that popcorn device, popcorn time, or whatever it's called, right? Yeah, I don't know. What it's called. It's got, it's got a weird name, like Mig Blop or something. Here it Mig is. Uh, Blip Blop. No, popcorn time. Chat room, help me out. What's it called? Web. No, no it's not, not web, web TV. TV. It's something else. It's a device you buy that's to enable pirating, streaming television shows and stuff, but it actually carries no software that enables any of that. It used to be a box from Popcorn Time had a box, and then it would do exactly what you're saying. But it may not be the one you're talking about. Meme? Porp? I don't know. <laughs> Meep Morp. <laughs> it's it's got a weird like tech name, like you know, like Reddit or Tumblr or whatever. It's like a Mibbler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mibbler. <laughs> just, I forget what. It, damn it! There goes my credibility. I can't even name the. Here's name. another one you can do, Scott. If you don't want to just totally lie to him, just okay. say. It's radio, and then when they say, "Oh, what station?" Just say, "Oh, it's kind of a liberal station. You wouldn't like it." <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> Actually, it's probably a fair assumption. Most of those my mom's friends are. There pretty, you go. Pretty and then you're done, and then that'll be it. Yeah. Just, oh, good for you. I and feel like you're, you're on to something. I think that's maybe not a bad idea. Uh, I'll remember that next time because I usually get caught in this loop that just goes on for days, and uh, I can never really explain myself out of what I do for a living to these people. And you're right. I never thought about it, but they're never going to go, look, they're just saying it to be nice. They don't care. Yeah. They're just going to say, oh, now where can I get that? And you just give them, say anything. Oh, your fridge does it. Just poke the milk three times and say hallelujah, and it'll start playing the show. Okay, I'll do that. They're never going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't poke their, poke their milk three times and say hallelujah? Candyman comes and shoots you, shoots you with bees. All right, hey, check it out, everybody. We're doing a show. we got stuff to talk about. In fact... We're going to lead things off with uh, something that we don't talk about a lot, and that's Warframe. So Warframe's a weird thing for me, because I remember when Warframe came out, it seemed like this dinky small thing that people were putting together that was really weird uh, aesthetically and, and tonally, and I couldn't really get my head around it, and I really didn't know who it was for, and that was years ago. It's like 2013 that that thing first hit. 
And it was also very buggy in the beginning. I played the, uh, I want to say PlayStation version, or maybe it was PC, but it was super, super buggy, choppy, and and weird. Um, or it was probably not PlayStation because that didn't come out till that fall. Anyway, uh, years and years go by. They've uh, tweaked it. They just had their their Tenocon deal. That's like their own kind of little BlizzCon thing that they run. And uh, that game is has well not only is it already gone places and gotten huge and has an, a gigantic following and has built on itself over the years but man do they have plans for this thing it kind of blew my mind so let's talk about this thing a little bit Bo's probably the most excited uh about this because you're i mean you're kind of hardcore warframe dude hundreds of hours under your belt uh what do you think of everything they showed i didn't i didn't see all of the stuff yeah. i f- forgot it was tenocon and the weekend with went by me yeah. um but uh just start with the coolest thing which is the they actually had a full cgi trailer pretty high bar hit with the quality on this thing yeah dan it's trachtenberg quite, directed like, it not quite blizzard level but close yeah it's pretty and, close and yeah dan trachtenberg directed it so you could really tell watching the thing that there was someone behind it who wanted to make this thing exciting but not exciting in like Here's a dramatic story and tale. Oh, there's a bit of that. It was like, we want to show some ninja action. Mm -hmm. We know what you guys want. We want like these crazy. There's that one part where the Warframe Excalibur runs up the side of the wall, jumps into the air. There's a shot of all the Grenier on the bottom and silhouettes. And then the the Excalibur silhouette is up against the sun and he does a backflip and then just (laughs) does his move. For those not in the know, the Grenier are the skinny leg looking weirdo alien people you fight. Yeah, so they're because I think it takes place in our solar system, but tens of tens of thousands of years in the future, they're basically genetically modified. They're vat-born human machine guys. All right, yeah. And um, and anyways, they're the part of the fodder that you kill throughout the game. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's just it was just really thoughtfully put together, really exciting to watch. Do to you be ever... honest, and they have all the go ahead, all the abilities and weapons are things you can get in the game. There wasn't any license taken with anything that these things were doing they're literally doing the things in the game so it was just perfect yeah i thought it looked really good and um i'm already kind of a fan of dan trachtenberg in fact he's so nice he ordered he didn't order mine but he ordered my daughter's playing cards because of her artwork that's how much he likes her artwork didn't order mine oh wow it was okay i still take it as a compliment she's my offspring she's the fruit of my loins right so yeah so that was really nice. But he's a really, really nice guy. If you remember the Totally Rad show back in the day, that's the Dan we're talking about. Always wanted to be a filmmaker. The guy's doing it. He is on tap right now to be the director of the Uncharted movie, which is super exciting. That's got Tom Holland in it. Uh, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, anyway, the point is... But think is, of a guy like that in that trajectory, taking his time to make a trailer, you know, not for a Bioware game or a Blizzard game, but this weird game called Warframe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, like as you described it, it's not one. It's not like, oh, let's do a Fortnite trailer. Everyone knows Fortnite. We're gonna get a lot of views. It's like, no, he likes this game. He plays it, and it. I think we go through a little bit of a thing where we understand that maybe Iron Man, like Robert Downey Jr., maybe doesn't really like comics that much mm-hmm. in real life. Like mm-hmm. he, he's probably cool with all the fans and stuff. He seems like a nice guy, but. There's always something nice when you watch somebody who's good at what they're doing and then doing the thing you like justice and is also a fan too. Right. You know, like a lot of the um, 
Kaczynski guy in the Warcraft movie, Ogrim. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that. Like, that's really nice to see. And I just, it was just good. It was good. It was so good. Do you see it, so John? That you, alone. Do you see the trailer, John? Do you like it? I did. Uh, it's, you know, it's confusing, which that game is. So it's spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It, they did a really good job of taking, because I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I've talked about Warframe a lot. It was, it's been in the, what I was playing for a good long while on the show. And, I don't like the aesthetic of Warframe. I don't think the Warframes look good. I don't think the enemies look good. I think there is something incredibly uncool about how it all looks. I hate I hate all the aesthetic of it. And somehow this cinematic still made me go, yeah, that was rad. So to me, that was probably its biggest feat is it took a thing that like I'm completely turned off by how every single Warframe looks and how the enemies look, and how the animals look. (laughs) I hate just about everything about how that game looks. And even I got excited about the trailer and was like, yeah, that looks super rad, and look at all the stuff they did. So even I was excited. I think it does a good job of taking, because I don't disagree with you. There's something off-putting about the style, or has been for a long time. There are things about the style that I like. There's kind of an MC, or MC Escher, um, uh, Geiger, G. Geiger, Geiger, yeah, yeah. more of a Geiger. Yeah. I always, by the way, I found out he pronounced his name Geiger, which really annoyed me because I've never said it as Geiger uh. my whole life. Like, it bugs me to hear that now. But anyway, well, you say that because it's the Geiger counter for radiation measurement, right? But Plus, everyone always just said Geiger, so like that. that's what I thought. But yeah. then I watched a documentary on the guy. He's a total wackadoo. He was awesome, and uh, everyone calls him Geiger in that thing. But anyway, it had that. It has that kind of quality to it, and I do like that on some level. But the game's just been very obtuse visually and story-wise and stuff. It just never felt very inviting with its themes. It's just very hard to sort of nail down. The thing I like about the trailer is I feel like it opens it up a lot. And it does that with stuff we're used to. Flying through the air, shooting a bunch of missiles, ninja guy jumping on the ground, knocking everybody down with a big AOE, uh, working together, you're fighting together, which implies co-op, which is totally what that game is. Um, like it's Although a- I think Kyle had the funniest piece of feedback, which was he assumed the game was a cover shooter because of the scene where it shows the battlefield and there's all this like about half cover like stuff just laying on the ground all throughout the world. And he was like, oh, it's a cover shooter. <laughs> we were all like, no, Kyle, it's not a cover shooter. It's not. <laughs> and he just posted a picture of it and it does. It looks like a stage from Mass Effect. And he goes. The trailer lied to me, <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's actually pretty true. Because, uh, yeah, looking at it, you would think, "Oh, cover shooter, great!" And that that game is definitely not. That game's more of a when you play as, through the air in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Shooter. When you play as Rhino, you are the cover. Yeah, dude. Wayne is Rhino the guy with the nose with no eyes talking to the cat? He, that, is that the guy? The, the Warframe Rhino is not in the trailer. He, oh. It's a tank. It's the quintessential tank Warframe, and it has an ability where you just take damage and are basically invulnerable. See, so. I this is a thing I didn't understand, and I've, <laughs> I've played a bunch of that game. I've never yeah. known that, that it was class-based before. I thought everybody just had really wicked skins, and but y'all were basically the same abilities and powers. They're and not stuff. classes, but if you think about it in Hero's way, like if he didn't define ETC as something, he'd just be his abilities, right? Oh, so yeah, that's true. There are definitely classes that heal. There are definitely classes that tank. And then the rest do damage. Mostly it's just damage, though. Right. Well, it looks yeah. neat. I think they've got something 
going on there with this next. And they talked about a lot of new features and things coming, ship to ship combat and all kinds of weird stuff. That um, it's got the wow effect going on for it now that it's been out for so many years. It's had system upon system upon system built on it. We couldn't launch anything in the state that it's in right now. So right. it's done really well with its client base, and it's one of the most revenue-generating uh, games on Steam. It was Last year, I think they were like top eight or something like that when Steam released those numbers. That's really strong. When, they, when your competition uh, things like Dota 2 and stuff, they were doing real well when they were getting that. Yeah. The game is fun. Um, I find it a little bit repetitive. It's it, it, people do like MMOs for that reason, though. You got your dailies, you got your things. It's got all those systems in there. Yeah, it's basically an MMO without the world part. It's instance content, but it's the game that everybody thinks Destiny will one day become. It just existed before Destiny. Yeah, not much longer yeah. than Destiny, right? Like, wasn't that same year that thing came out or something? Something like that. Twenty thirteen. I don't know. Why I have that in my head. Or was Destiny one earlier than that? they were around similar times i think destiny was probably more robust when it launched as a full box product but this is where like it sort of trumps destiny because destiny got to buy into the expansion pass and 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 the long-term expenditures warframe's free the content is all free basically it's a mobile game you you can find all the parts to build any item in the game out in the world and if you want to speed that up you can just buy it that's basically the revenue model, but they also yeah. have, get this, the Diablo 3 auction house. Whoa, <laughs> what? Yeah, like I have all the parts for Nova Prime. Prime is a rare and tough-to-get version of a regular frame called Nova. I'm missing one piece, and I've contemplated buying about 85 plat to get it from a trader. If you go to warframe.market, there's an online uh, API that links into the game where you can see where people have put up their products on sale. You can go in, message the person in-game, get the item you want. And if you don't have your own Platinum, you can just buy it from Steam with real money and just give the Platinum. It's got all, like, it has everything that WoW Auction House and Diablo 3 Auction House has been doing in that game already. And people are just tossing money their way. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know. I guess I never played it long enough to to see all those bits of it. The actual mechanics are good. Seems like shooting's fun. So the new know. player experience is pretty obtuse. Mm-hmm. And part of what they announced this weekend and what that trailer is, that trailer is meant to be the intro trailer, like to the game, right? And not it's like it's not a, it's not for new content or an expansion. So they're revamping the opening to be more new player friendly, mm-hmm. which is a good thing because. You have all these mods, all these weapons, all these places to go to. Everything's confusing. I think the lore will still be confusing, but hopefully onboarding will be easier. And that's uh, that's a good thing. Maybe you'll get into it then. Yeah, they've come a long way. I'd absolutely get in there again, especially now because there's a lot of hype around it. But speaking of hype and speaking of the wow effect, I have to at least bring this up. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Kyle talked about it a little bit the other day, uh, and it reminded me to bring it up here. Uh a lot of ex-Blizzard people, those in particular who were affected by the massive layoffs that came earlier in the year, all seem to be streaming and singing the praises of Final Fantasy fourteen in a way that's a little alarming to me. Now, you might just say, ah, these guys are pissed. They were fired now, so they're just trying to get back or whatever. But has anyone else noticed? I know there's a new expansion. That doesn't hurt. But it seems like there's a 
hype thing happening with Final Fantasy that it, that it's not had up until this point. It's always been respected and you know an alternative out there to World of Warcraft, but uh, I I feel like it's at a fevered pitch right now. And John, you're actually playing the game, so maybe you can speak to it more than I can. But do you think there's something to that? Like, is there a um, not a defection, but a just a general sense that, hey, there's a better MMO out there and all you guys have been playing WoW this long. Guess what? This one's more fun and, and more, you know, it's going to it's gonna give you more of what you think you want um, going on or, or, is, or is my impression just wrong? No, I think there's a little bit of that, but I think what's interesting about Final Fantasy and what I think is actually probably its biggest strength right now is that Right now, we have this weird place where people who are playing WoW, there's a lot of people that are unhappy with the current expansion. And you've got a lot of people going, oh, well, now I'm just going to be into Classic. But I think you have a lot of people like you and me who we've done Classic. We were there. We don't need to see it again. We don't need to take those steps backwards in time. And I think Final Fantasy actually is the answer to people like us. It's a game that is a new experience. There are elements of it that feel old and outdated in some ways, not in terrible, awful ways. It's not like, oh, all my ammo's in a bag and, you know, like weird stuff. Um, It still makes a lot of very smart MMO decisions, but there are some things that still feel a little antiquated about it in good ways. I am not to any of the expansion content, which by most accounts of people I've talked to, that's where it gets really good. Um, most people say that the thing that makes the game so good is the story that it tells. And that most people say that story doesn't pick up until the first expansion. I'm not to it yet, so I can't really speak to that. But there is definitely something there. The game looks really cool. The game plays really well. Um, It's a very interesting world. The whole package they've put together is very neat. And I think it offers a very different new experience for a lot of people who... You know, I think one of the biggest and best criticisms of this WoW expansion is, great, you guys did more of the same, and it's more of the same grind, and I don't know if I'm ready to do that. This kind of rolls it back to, we have a world for you to play around in, go play and have fun, and I think people are kind of hungry for that. Mm. So I I think you've got all these elements coming together, people craving classic, there's a new expansion out, people craving something different. Um and then I think you also have the zeitgeist of just a bunch of people going in and MMOs are better when your friends play. And if everybody's getting in, that's where your friends are. So I think basically all of that has created this perfect storm where that game is really taking off in a in a big way. But I'm having a ton of fun with it. And I, I definitely think there's something to it. Mm. It's funny to see it's funny to see the <clears throat> these ex uh, community and esports people now playing it and talking about it and streaming it and telling everybody they should be playing it. And it's hard not to see that and go and not feel like they're just being mad or, you know, they were laid off. So it it feels like there could be some, some vindication there by doing this or something, but maybe it's just that good. Maybe people are just really enjoying it. And when they were, you know, in their case, when they were busy working at, at Blizzard, they didn't have time to really dig deep into a competitor's game. And now they have, and they've decided they like what they found. I keep getting tempted and I keep just not pulling the trigger and I don't know why, but the hype bubble is hard on this one. This one's a seems like it's really feeling it, and I have to admit I'm kind of curious. I mean, the idea of grinding. Really, oh, go ahead. Uh, just one really interesting thing that came out today is Kotaku 
uh, you know, part of this hype bubble that's going around. Um, Heather Alexandra over there actually wrote a guide how to get into Final Fantasy 14 in 2019. I'd actually recommend anybody who's interested go check it out. Even as somebody who was already in, I read it and it was helpful to me as somebody who could see the potential but maybe wasn't hitting the hype level that I was hearing other people having been at. It really lays out, here's what all the expansions are, here's how you get into it, here's some good tips to how to get into things. Um, I think it's a really good place to start if you're interested. Maybe go check that out and see if it sounds like it's something for you. All right. it, I think there's something there, honestly. And if the story really takes off, because right now that's honestly the thing I'm having the hardest time with, is I don't particularly care that much about the story. I care just enough. And from what I've heard, it, it gets incredibly good. I've heard the same from everybody. They all say that. Like the story is one of the best features, but it takes forever to get there. Can you buy boosts and stuff or you just got to grind it? Yeah, you can actually pick which expansion you want to start in. They, oh. they sell story boosts so you can literally say, I want to start and you can just pick. You know, the equivalent would be you could, if you were playing WoW, you could say, I want to start Burning Crusade or I want to start Lich King or Cataclysm or... So this brand oh, new expansion myself, that's out... I want to start Warlords. So this brand new expansion that's out now, I could start there if I wanted to? You could. They do say, and this is why I was also recommending the guide, they say they really don't recommend it. Mm. Um, the The typical recommendation that I saw from it was maybe start at the first expansion. Mm -hmm. You kind of skip the boring first bits, you get a better story, and it's not so far into the game that you're going to feel totally lost. And what level is that, roughly? Uh, I don't know. I think maybe around 50, oh, geez. 40, something okay. like that. Okay. And oh, you're... no, I'm 40 now and I'm not to it. So, yeah, probably 50. Probably 50. Okay. That makes sense for a first but expansion. It, but it's kind of a different game. They do jobs. So one character, you can do everything. It's not, oh, I need to make a character because now I want to play a bard. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, I want to play a bard. I'll go level bard on this character. See, it's, I do like it's that. It's really neat. Yeah, I do like that a lot more than not that. Interesting. All right. Well, keep your eyes on it and uh, we'll see how that continues to fold out for you and other players. It just seems like the hype is strong and maybe worth trying out. Here's a bit of big news. Nintendo announced the Switch Lite. So I'm looking at my Switch here. Hold on. I'm going to grab it. I've been playing a lot of Mario Maker, which I'll talk about later. Uh, this is the current Switch. Removable controllers, Joy-Cons, they pop off, they pop on. Uh, lots of moving parts and whatnot. The screen's 6.1 inches, and it's been great. Love this thing. Can't say a bad thing about it. Uh, the only thing I would say is I wish I had a better D-pad because the way the Joy-Cons work, they become controllers unto themselves, and having a regular D-pad would kind of ruin that. So you always just sort of accept that as just a way of life, and that's how things were going to go. Well, I've got good news for everybody I'm guessing, and I said this on another show earlier in the week, so hopefully I'm not repeating myself to too many people. I think Nintendo has numbers that probably show how many people play their device portably as opposed to docked. I don't know how they would know those numbers. As far as I know, we're not sharing any of that data over the internet or if it's even possible to, but I think a lot of people play the Switch as a portable device primarily and occasionally as a television device. There'll be outliers who use it mostly on TV, so I'm not saying they don't exist, but I'll bet you that a, a big portion of the player base and everyone I know at least 
seems to say the same thing, which is I usually use it in portable mode. Uh, Nintendo wants to have an answer for those people or for those who have not yet pulled the trigger and are looking for the Nintendo Switch experience, but is a portable only device. So uh, welcome, I guess, to the planet, the Switch Lite, which will come out for $200. It is smaller. Like I said, the screen is a little smaller. Um, Not much. 5.5 inches, I think. So you're losing about a half an inch of total diagonal on it. Um, it has an actual, excuse me, an actual D pad on there and, uh, it's mobile only. There's no, at least there's no indication of any way to connect it to a television. Certainly not via the dock. Um, I would like it if they made some sort of dongle or USB to HDMI cable that would let me still use it in a, in a sort of, you know, makeshift way if I needed to. Also, it's better for streaming and capture and stuff like that. If you can do that, because without that, you're, you know, pretty much screwed on that uh point but the device itself in every other way is a switch with all of its features and functions uh that you would expect and john you've been on the fence for a long time for a switch does this suddenly make you go oh finally the one i wanted a little bit um i actually and i'm gonna i know i'm gonna get maybe even from you scott a Mm. lot of people saying I never had that problem. It's not an issue. It's not an issue. Mm. I have heard a lot of horror stories about switches on the technical side. Mm. I've heard stories about the docking joints breaking. So the joy cons are loose on the side and it wobbles and makes a cracking sound and is loud or it wants to fall out. Uh, I've heard about scratch screens from the dock being too close and people having to buy accessories for that. I've heard stories about the, uh, joysticks themselves. Um, becoming loose kind of like the n64 used to and now all of a sudden you have games that have drift and because i heard these horror stories i have always been a little and the biggest one is the price it's a lot of money to spend nintendo doesn't discount its games there's a lot of games i want so when you put down the money for the switch you are also spending a pretty significant chunk of money to get the games for it as well and kind of all these things together have kind of been what kept me from pulling the trigger. I can't, I just can't afford it. And I'm worried about some design things. So I said, you know what, whenever they revise these things, it's always better. When you look at the DS to the DS light and you know, all those revisions, they always end up making it better. I'll wait till they do the revision. Mm-hmm. And this revision, you know, I usually don't like to lose functionality and there's a lot of loss of functionality with this thing. But it also addresses a lot of the things I'm concerned about. And I do have a feeling I would mostly use it in mobile mode. So I'm definitely tempted. But there's also rumors now of the Switch Pro coming in 2020. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, geez, I'm, I'm going to say, oh, it's too expensive. What's going to happen if the Switch Pro answers all these concerns that I have and is even better? And now I'm spending that money all over again one year later. So I'm tempted. I'm very tempted because I want the switch, but I just can't, I can't afford it yet. Are the games interchangeable? Yes. Oh yeah. The games are interchangeable. There's a lot of question about whether your saves uh, will be easily interchangeable. There's uh, they should be. So you should be able to just have save syncs across your account is the plan. So if you had both of these devices, it should be pretty uh, easily transitionable, but yeah, Bo, you would have um, all the games work in both places and you, you know, own whatever. It's interesting how they get to be the leader in the portable gaming space because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you just set aside mobile, 
Nintendo portables are the it thing in that yeah. space. Yeah. So they get to be that with a dedicated device still. Yeah. And yet their catalog, they're not asking their customers to buy two different types of cartridges, you know, mm-hmm. to, for the mobile experience. So yeah, which I find is, it interesting. Which is good. Also three to seven hours additional battery life, which is good. If you're using mm-hmm. it, again, is it primarily a, uh, a portable device? That's a big deal for me. Uh, I mean, I'm tempted just because I like shiny new hardware and... I like Nintendo a lot and I would absolutely play this thing and maybe it would, you know, I don't know if it passed my other one down. See, the other problem is I really like streaming from this thing. I did some today. I don't think, at least certainly not at launch, you'd be able to do it with the new one. There's no sort of AirPlay or, you know, uh, Chromecast style way of streaming off the standalone device and there's no dock or dongle to capture the video. So no. if they ever, if they release a way to do that, it means is USB 3. Um, and that's good because USB 3.0 spec, if properly uh, implemented, supports video output and audio and everything else. So there should be no reason why they couldn't do some sort of dongle, but they haven't talked about it. Um, Muzi in the chat made an important point. The dock-only games won't work on the on the light. I don't know what those are, though, because I've never bought a dock-only game. So I couldn't even name one for you. There's a dock. There's dock only games. Yeah, there's yeah. some. There's a couple of games that are all about everybody having a little controller to themselves, and it only works on a TV. And I don't know what that is. I don't know even know what they are. So I'd have to find out what one of those is because I don't. I've never owned one. But uh, that seems like a bad idea. I mean, it is, but I don't know. I think I honestly, it's like the lowest possible percentage. It's like. Okay, it's like one or two party games. Or yeah, like, like that, Super Mario Party, someone mentioned. That's probably the big one, Sidian says. I don't know what well, else this, there is. This is, uh, this is also a good example of when they do these sorts of things, you know, it's like in some ways, if this is a success, it's the same thing as when Microsoft removes the Kinect from its boxed product. It's kind of a sign that maybe we're not going to be getting any more Kinect games. You know, I, I think if this really takes off, I think it would be weird for Nintendo to suddenly start releasing a bunch of dock-only games. It might be the end of that as an option. They might crack down and say, no, we only want to do it if you can play it portable yeah. what as if, well. What if, what if you and four people on your Switch and Switch Lights want to play Mario Party on your own dedicated streams in your backyard together? Well, you should be able... See, that's what I'm where I'm confused because there may be parts of Mario Party that are dock only but i thought it was also ad hoc network compatible so you could have multiple switches all playing together like they always show in their commercials that's like their big thing mm. um yeah. i'm not 1000 percent sure on any of that but one of the points john makes is a good one about it being a more solid state device like a, a firmer tighter thing if anyone remembers the original ds it was a kind of a flimsy clamshelly piece of poopy scoop but it was cool and we all knew it was going to be cool and do cool things but the ds Lite, now that was the bomb like that thing was tight and smaller and felt good and had a great hinge on it and just felt like it was made of better stuff. That's what I think you may get out of this one. So I, while I've not had any of those problems, but I'm also pretty, I'm pretty careful with this thing. I don't let the kids use it all the time. I don't let, you know, when little cousins come over or whatever, they're not playing with it. I keep it tucked away. So I'm the only one that can break it. If it's going to break, it'll be me. <laughs> And I've and it's like in pretty pristine condition, so I've never really run into those issues. But there are issues for sure, and I think that's also the other reason Nintendo's smart to do this. Huge part of their market are a bunch of kids. Like Nintendo appeals to all ages, and 
That means a bunch of kids want it and the kids are going to dock it and undock it and pull it out and rip a controller off the wrong direction and, you know, kind of beat the hell out of stuff. It's the same reason they made that 2DS uh, device and that sold really well for them, which again was this weird departure from the 3DS, which was all about 3D. And then this, you know, this 2D version of it was was a big, you know, seller for them. It didn't have a hinge. They weren't getting broken all the time. So... So yeah, like I I think it's a really smart move, but I also think that if you've got a switch and it's doing what you need it to do right now, I'm not sure there's a huge reason for people like that to upgrade. Um but it but I think people like in John's case or Bo's case or other people's case where this has just sort of been on the fence and we're waiting for a price drop, waiting for a hardware revision, like this I think is it. And it probably signals them leaning into the portability side harder than they were before. Um, at least it appears that way. Like, I, I don't know. Like, that's just how I use it. I love the idea that it's both because that's cool. I mean, the whole name is from that. Um, but having it not do that is is probably What's the fine. opposite of the switch? Uh, the circuit, I guess. Circuit? Maybe. I don't know. What is the opposite of an actual term switch? Probably just no switch. No like, switch. <laughs> It's just it's just the Nintendo at that point. It's called Open the Nintendo circuit. Nintendo. circuit. It's the it's the Nintendo Vita. That's what this is basically. <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, it is kind of a Nintendo Vita, but um, yeah, uh-huh. same cartridges, same all of that, touchscreen still, like all the all the all the functional features of the device when you would play it in in, in non docked mode are all are all there. Um, are they actively selling like a, a portable product that this is replacing? I mean, you still can go anywhere and buy 3DSs and stuff, sure. Oh, yeah, but they're not—they're not, they're not really thing. making games for it. I mean, you'll still see a trickle of them, but I, I see Muzi in the chat. Do you think this will kill the DS? I think they already kind of killed the DS. Like, and that sounds so violent—they killed the DS. I think the DS has run its course. I think this is. I think the natural evolution was for them to ultimately combine their console and their handheld. Like it's weird that Nintendo has walked this weird line of we're kind of both and you know, why, why not be both? So Mm -hmm. I think, I think the DS is done, but I think that was done before this was even announced. Yeah. The DS were already there. The three DS was a, was an incredibly well sold console. It lasted, well, it launched, sorry, got announced in 2010 was released in 2011 and just now and they've had multiple hardware revisions there as well the 3ds xl they had the smaller one they had all these different ones now they're um kind of done like it's john's right it's had its that's that's your generation of handheld like there's no reason to expect them to go another 10 years on that like you're done with it what kind of onboard storage does the switch have do you think light will have it uh, you can't, it's, um, it's SD card. So the one that comes with it, I want to say is 32 gig or something. I don't even know, but this will be the same. You'll just, you can put DS oh, it'll be cards. cards. So it's like your, like your Android phone and stuff. Okay. Kind of like that. I'm just wondering because yeah. All right. That makes sense. Uh, I was thinking maybe it, it would have, I don't know. Just, I'm hoping it has storage to download your games because I'm assuming you don't have to just buy cartridges, but that you'll have access to the online store and oh, yeah. just buy your classic games and everything else too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same with this device. It would be, I'm trying to think. They don't, the pictures here, it's hard to actually match it up, but it looks like on top there's the cartridge slot and there is the SD slot. Um, just like this. Let's see. 
Is that a micro SD? No, that's normal SD. Oh, the other thing it doesn't have. Yeah. It'd be great if I broke it now. Uh, the, the weird, yeah, good care of it. Smash. This weird, oh, uh, this weird kickstand that it had, this one has, they don't have that in the new thing. No kickstand. But you won't need has, it. Has anyone ever used that kickstand? I guess to watch movies on it. Can you watch movies on well, it? Well, your idea the idea was that it was when it's when you take the two controllers off and you set it up in kickstand mode, now you've got this display that's upright a mini and TV. people gotcha. can play that way, yeah. It's okay. not a very good kickstand. That's what the pro is going to be. It's going to have a second leg. It's going to be a more a better kickstand. That's it's going to be it's going to be a selfie stick. Yeah. I like it. And with a neck thing, so you can hang it from your neck and walk around with the two Joy-Cons and play with the TV hanging from you. Perfect. What's cool yeah. about the SD uh, support on these things, or anything that supports SD, is SD cards are huge now. So this thing will support, yeah. like, I What's the know. biggest SD card you can get? I don't even know. Is it like terabyte now or something? Hold can on. you get a terabyte SD card? That's insane. SD card. I'm going to look it up. And why am I still using a, a, a <laughs> spinny giant disk that... Every time somebody talks about SD cards, I just want to just yell out loud like an old man. Remember zip drives? Mm-hmm. Like, I know there's smaller like zip drives. Just you know, it was a improvement on floppy disks and stuff like that. But I just there was something in my life at the time I was so stoked about zip drives. 100 megabytes, mom mm-hmm. and dad. We mm-hmm. have to get one. Yep. Oh. I would never fill that up. Oh, here it is. Uh, Sandus. One terabyte SD card's $500. Yeah, they're very expensive right now. You wouldn't get this one. You'd probably get like the 500 gig, but that's plenty. For for a de- device like the Switch, like that would, you'd be good for good for the whole generation, yeah, I think. Or, or less, you could probably even do it for less. But I think it comes with a 32 gig, which doesn't seem very big now. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the there is a t- uh, the SanDisk one. They don't give a price on it, but that one's a... Uh, one terabyte. That's and it's in the same size. That's crazy, crazy. Anyway, petabytes on the way, man. What's going after? What, would terabytes become commonplace? What's the next one? Petabytes. Petabytes, I think. Uh, Which is uh, saying that one. That's yeah. That's snack. That's snack food for perverts. They call it petabytes. Well, pet. Pet in French is fart. Oh, is it? <laughs> fart. P e t e. I mean, there's a hat on the e, but uh, oh, son. <laughs> I'm glad John got my joke. I'm glad you got it. That was such a dad joke. It was good, though. I really <laughs> what, did, what did you say? I, I said it's it. snack, <laughs> snack food for perverts. So pedophiles are going to eat the petabytes. Oh, uh, right. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, it's not the you most. Should, you should work for Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> they, need, they need a man with good ideas. Yeah. Dollar Taco and the petabyte. <laughs> Petabyte. What's after petabyte? Um, that's another. There's another one after that. We're never. Yeah, maybe we just skip that generation. It's gonna get so. Isn't there a Google Google X byte or something? Something. There's exabyte. Oh, exabyte. Exabyte. Oh, exabyte is great. Yeah. Can we just skip to exabyte? Yeah, let's do it. There'll be like 4K and 8K. We're just gonna exabyte, zettabyte, and yottabyte. Yotta yottabyte. Let's just stop at exabyte. That's that's where we need to end it. I don't, it's the best. Gigabyte is the biggest that they have so not far. The gigabyte. Well, right. gigabyte. Here's the thing: if they go, if they, this should be like TVs. I'm not going to upgrade to a 4K TV. I refuse because 8Ks are being pushed down my throat now. So I'm just going to skip four and get the eight. They're almost the same price already. Like I'll go to Costco this fall and it'll be like, oh, remember that. 
price you would have paid for 4K four months ago? Well, guess what? That's what the 8K costs now with all this other stuff. Like, just skip a generation. Straight to Exabyte. I'm ready. Yoda Byte? Come on, that's not a thing. Yeah, Yoda Byte's the biggest one. Really? Right Look, I mean, theoretically, numbers go up forever. So theoretically, eventually, we would get to Yoda Byte as the only logical name. Yoda Byte? My home this is. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Basically. that's great. Hey, uh, the... Dagobite. <laughs> What'd you call it? What, what... Well, I see a Bronto a, Byte around. A but... Dagobite. Dagobite. Like Dagobite. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Dagobite system. Dagobite system. Boba Fett. All right, uh, let's move on. How about this uh, thing about the No Man's Sky dev thing, Bo? This is a cool link about Sean Murray and why he said uh, he thinks it was a good move that they stayed so quiet after the rough launch. I think this is fascinating, especially in this world of like everyone freaks out the minute something goes wrong and uh, everyone makes all their assumptions. Yeah, Anthem's a failure because it wasn't good the minute it came out. Right. And like, and even, you know, I I kicked that horse um but there's nothing you know game a game is new the moment you play it so you can play it five years later it can be new and if it's a great game you'll just enjoy it and it's new to you and that can be true of any game right and you know again we talked about warframe at the top of the show it's an example of just that right just work on the game massage the game keep building it up it could be a great thing for many people and so that's i think that's was his approach to no man's sky and I gotta say, I really like No Man's Sky. It's yeah, fun. It worked. Um, it worked, man. They fi- they yeah. fixed that game. It's a good, not maybe not even a good game, maybe a great game. It's awesome. And part of his deal was like they just need to like rather than be a bunch of people talking at I don't know E3 press conferences to being like as players. You remember, John? You were going on a tirade about how people talk in these conferences. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't on this show, but it was during the conference. I was watching. It's like always like. The players will like the game and the gameplay will appeal to game. You know, he's like, like, just shut up. <laughs> Work on your game. <laughs> Let yeah. the game speak for itself. No, it's true. I think that's true. I hate how they do that. But he, you know, this is the most overhyped product in the world. It launched really rough. People wanted to do a scorched earth with it. And then they just hunkered down, got quiet and got to work. And then little patches would come out, a little more patches. Then they would d- detail what their big patches were, what their big plans were. I don't know anybody who talks smack about that game now. I mean, there may be still some memory about how no one's thrilled with how it launched in 2016, but I think people really like where No Man's Sky ended up. Well, we have a little game that could go through that sort of genesis, and that's Heroes. Oh, now yeah. that it's yeah. now that it's a classic game, it may enter a cocoon and be reborn as a something that's long-term and long-standing and all that kind of thing in the future. You never know. At the very least, it'll run say, 10% uh, faster. Hmm. Yes, Bo. John. To, I would say, sorry, that was a great transition to our next topic, and now I'm bringing us right back to the previous one. Go for it. Uh, okay. But just to play a little devil's advocate to what he's saying here, I do ultimately agree with him, but I would argue that maybe the fallout wouldn't have been quite so bad initially if he hadn't been so quiet up to launch. I feel like he, I feel like they took a real, like, let's just be quiet about the game approach. They showed at E3... And then as they maybe realized that was not going to be the mark that they hit when the game came out, or maybe people had wrong ideas about what this game was going to be, instead of trying to correct people, they tried to keep this big secret about it, I feel like, and they didn't talk at all about it. And then everybody got in and went, hey, I don't think this is the game I thought it was. 
because nobody knew. Right. So I think he's right. If you have a rough launch, you know, just do what you got to do to to fix it and, and make it better and, and, you know, just get to it. But you also need to work before the game launches to make sure that expectations are where they're going to be. So you don't have people do that Jurassic Park video where it shows the majestic dinosaurs and then the dopey ass one to the accordion music. <laughs> now, now, everyone, don't get excited about cyberpunk. It's just a bunch of voiceover mm. and some mouse moving. Nothing. Don't be excited for this game. Everyone, yeah. everyone be under. Right. Like if that game's 15 minutes long, now's the time to tell people that, you know, like yeah. don't They're let people gonna... find that out when it yeah. comes out. Yeah. You're, I mean, you make a good point and I agree with you completely. Yeah, it's just, I don't know if they haven't. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like you know, uh, movies and everything else. When they talk about everything but the movie, you know, it's going to be crap. You know, like uh, I guess games are just like that too. Yeah, I, entertainment projects or products in general, I think, are kind of like that. Yeah. In this particular case, though, um, they did write by players, and I think that's commendable. And I think um the difference with heroes is heroes heroes was already an excellent product from day one it's been a great game and it's still my favorite moba for a myriad of reasons and i've recently played dota 2 and league of legends again just to go in there and see what's going on and every time i'm like ugh, i'd really rather be playing heroes right now um and so i have i'm back to playing heroes pretty much exclusively because i think i'm over i'm over the sadness i'm now in the mode of like all right, well, so you dropped your esports. You Your team is a little smaller now, but you're still cranking out content. You're still making changes. They made some big changes today, which we'll get to in a second. But I have a quote from somebody. I can't say who it is. So I'm sorry to pull a Johnson here, but this is going to make everybody happy to hear this. Let me pull it up. It's a text that I got from, let's say, let's call them somebody who would know, okay? Okay. I said, uh, I asked, just basically, you know, pure selfish curiosity. How's, how is it internally? Like, how are people perceiving it internally? And I thought they'd say, no comment. We can't talk about stuff like that or something like that. And he says, that, that team's humming along. I said, really? You're not just saying this because we're friends. They wrote back and says, look, as long as a game like that has players, they're going to have a team supporting and updating that game. He goes, you know, and that's basically it. I, and I would add to that, you know, just because they, they chopped off their esports it seemed very drastic and seemed very big, but also it just wasn't tenable. And there's arguments that Overwatch League isn't very tenable either. And that even what gets pulled off with League and with Dota 2 are don't bring in what they need to justify what they do for it. So if you can get out of that headspace and get back to like, well, is it a good game and are they working on it? The answer to both of those questions is yes. So I've, I've, I've found my peace recently with where heroes is at and I'm enjoying it more than ever. And I'm playing Anduin like a what madman and I freaking hate that guy, but he's great in that game. Uh, so it's the <laughs> city in the chat says esports was a cancer that had to be cut out. I mean, it is, it is a too much too fast kind of thing. I think the whole, the whole esports world is a little bit on fire right now. Uh, costs aren't in check. Nobody quite knows what the magic numbers are yet. Like it's a little weird. And so everyone's excited about it. They want to push it. They want to grow it. And they want to do all this stuff. But they all get up to this edge and go, oh, shoot, this isn't good. We can't afford this. Back it up. Back it up. That's happening across the board. It's just in Hero's case, they're the third, you know, by a big distance, the third most popular MOBA. They had to back that up. They just had to back that up. 
And I think I've come they, have, to... they have a lot of things going on in that company that right. affect other projects too. Uh, it can't be like League, which is its only game. You know, <laughs> it's just it's also a different attitude towards the game. Right. I see how they treat their games and their esports. They do enjoy esports and take esports seriously at Blizzard. They've got a lot of gardens to tend to, and probably a lot of different priorities. And yeah, if they're if you're not going to do something all the way, you're better off to maybe not do it and uh, rather than do it in injustice. So. Right. If you take umbrage in that, uh, I have an anecdote to, to tell about this too. It's funny. So I met somebody who's a young man who's just finishing university, and he was excited to find out that I knew what a MOBA was because mm. the person that we had met through had no idea about stuff. Right. And he had gotten into League of Legends. And he's got tests by at the university. He's all stoked, and he admitted he got his first account banned because he was super toxic. But then learned his lesson, opened <laughs> another account. And 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 he's like, I just got to get to Golden League. And he's like, we were talking about. It. He's like, well, what do you play? I'm like, Heroes of Storm. He's like, what's that? <laughs> like, no idea. Heroes ex- like, <laughs> it's, like on that level, they, he know leagues exist. He knows there's an esports league. He knows the pro players in 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 there. He knows there's a program. He plays every day. Tries to get better. Been doing it three or four years. Has never even heard of Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> Not even like, oh, that game. Has never heard of it and is a MOBA player. And so that just gave me some perspective on where Heroes fits in to how they get to know whether it even exists or not. Right. Like right. this person will play 10 or 20 hours a week a league and not be like, oh, those other games. Barely any inkling Dota 2 existed, but heard of it, but never heard of Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. <laughs> until I told them. So, right. It's that, like, that's the kind of thing that heroes is facing i don't even think it's that you'll see crappy comments about the game on the internet from people who know but i think the large player base just doesn't know it exists yeah i I think there's i think you're absolutely right and then those that do have been conditioned to say something about it but without even playing it um and i just i've come to i've come to a happier place with it and I've also realized that every game I've played lately has been a blast and I'm not waiting in long queue times and the characters they've been releasing have been really fun and as well thought out or cool as they've been in the last few years. And it's just fine. It's a great little niche at Blizzard and I'm the not... Quick match queues keep popping. I mean, the biggest death knell for any game is like you want to play it, but there's no one to play with. Yeah, there's always Why games. stop playing Planetside? I'd log in and this big massive world of battle had 20 people in it. And I'm like, I just can't be playing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> We're not here. And so that's not true of Heroes. Right. Queues are 50 seconds or less for quick match all the time. There's things I there's things I wish about the game that were true. Like I wish they would have gotten ahead of this years ahead. I think um, something in 2010 would have been better than something in 2014. That was that would have given them enough of an edge to be a bigger deal. But also, I think releasing it late, they should have known that and known that just because they're a blizzard, they can't necessarily topple a hundred million player dominance that Riot had. So I wish they would have approached it as a small, more niche product, like looked at it and said, you know what? We don't need this. We don't have to chase the mainstream. We don't have to make this top level. We don't have to destroy everybody on our way to the top. We can we can be a, a, its own thing at its own pace and its own level and 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 focus on gameplay and players and not worry about yeah. the esports world. And let's make the make the superior game. And I would argue they kind of have anyway. It's the better game, straight up. It's the game I'd rather play. I'm not saying for everybody, okay? I know the people at home going, whatever, dude. But all I had to do was be reminded how slow everybody moves, how there are no mounts, 
how leveling works, how blast hitting works, how that freaking store works. I hate it. There's so many things that get in your way of fun. Those aren't fun things. Like the overall I mean, game can be fun. It also took me 55 minutes the other night to play a league game. Maybe want to yeah. die. If they, if they focus on developing the game, there's a there's a Path of Exile Warframe path that a game like Heroes could take too. Yeah. I mean, 10 years later, Heroes of Storm's going strong, still around, got new content. Like that's all it takes. Like it can be done. So if people keep playing it, it doesn't have to be an on launch. I take umbrage in the stories like games like Warframe that just probably made a modest amount of money on launch or maybe didn't even make money at first, mm-hmm. honestly, and just worked their way to that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it could, could, it could go that way. You know, it's not over. Yes, this is true. There's more time. Plus, it's fun and we're going to play it tonight. They sped the game up, you guys. In fact, let's talk about it now. Here's the storm moves faster. Ten percent. All the heroes walk 10% faster. They mount Their mounts move 10% faster. A lot of their abilities move 10% faster. The game just No, none feels... of the abilities move 10%. Oh, I thought, really? I thought you told me that... Uh, uh... It's the opposite. Skill oh. shots are harder to land because everyone's moving around real fast. Oh, okay. Because I, 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 I thought you said Carl Jim was punching faster. Did I miss that? Well, if you have a talent or ability that grants you move speed, then that move speed is also faster, yes. No. But but the abilities themselves, for the most part, aren't, right? So the stealthies all get a little extra move speed when they're stealthed in some way, so you get you get to enjoy moving even faster. But, you know, your Jaina Ice Bolt, or what? Frost Bolt? Frost Bolt. Going to travel at the same speed. Right, which means your skill shot, your skill cap just went up on that. You got to be for better. Certain at that. heroes, yeah. I mean, Artanis' yeah. space P is going to move just as slow as it did before, and all the heroes are going to be like as they run away. <laughs> what song yeah, was that? Uh, Wait, what song? It's essentially, a big nerf. <laughs> is it like Penny Hill or something like that? <laughs> no, oh, that was Yakety. Not. That was supposed to be Yakety Sax. Oh my gosh! All right, no, no, I got it. Now you can hear what you were doing. I just I'm, I'm not making fun. I just wasn't sure what it was. I, I know I got it wrong. The, <laughs> well, don't the feel ice bad. cream truck song. Yeah, I don't know. That yeah, was weird. that was weird. Don't get don't get ice cream <laughs> from that guy. Was oh, this the song? No, that's not it. That's some other song. Hold on. No, that's not it either. All right. Anyway, it's the only things I had the word Saxon. Uh, yeah, it's uh, weird, but I also like it. I got in, played a couple of quick matches, and it's peppy, man. Like it just feels good. Um, whether or not it destroys the game, like some people are suggesting, then I, I don't know. But you know, whatever changes you like know, this are like never. All, any change in heroes is an outcry, like constant. So. Yeah, pretty much the way it's going. I think go. it's fun. I think it's mostly good. So, all right. Well, let me ask. But, I mean, you. and this exciting change didn't get PTR; just got launched into the universe, and now it's the Wild West, and that's always a fun time when you play a game when the meta changes. Card games get new cards all the time, so they get like fun built into their system. But MOBAs. I mean, balance, like, let's be honest. And we've done a Hero Storm for like the show. Here's the Storm show for a long time. Yeah, and there are others out there, and they like to make a big deal about changes. And on a certain extent, it can be a big deal if you really play at that level. But mostly, balance changes are kind of boring. Mm. This guy moves five five percent faster. This guy does ten more points of damage. It's just like, oh my god, give me something exciting. Well, in the long scheme and of things, and the move speed is exciting. Right. In the in the <laughs> long a, in the long tail of all of this, it just it doesn't really matter. It all kind of washes out in the end. Like who remembers balance patches from two years ago? I don't. No one I does. Mean, you know, unless there was a meta that was really bad at that time. Yeah, not really. Yeah. 
Oh, and there's yeah. a good point Sidian makes in the chat. And I hate I hate calling out Sidian all the time, but he's actually way too smart for his own good. But he says, also note that this change would have absolutely made imp- made it impossible if implemented in HGC, if it was still active. It's a really good point. Like this is maybe one of their most, their biggest major moves toward what are we doing to make this game more fun at the grassroots level and not worried about what it does to league, you know, to professional play. Because this wouldn't have happened. I guarantee this would not be implemented with HTC. So uh, I found the heroes. That was one part of what the heroes pro scene that was. I guess they're all like this, but it was pretty bad in heroes. Like my view has always been like the game releases as it releases. It's up to professionals to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not whine about it. You I know, don't think just that's like, the okay, this went. is the change. Now we deal with it. And if it's stale, it's stale. You're competing. You're not playing to have fun. You're playing to be the best. Well, it's not fun anymore when you choose to make a job. And so in the old, I know it's not going to make it's not going to make any friends with the esports scene that doesn't exist anymore. But you whenever think LeBron I heard James that likes basketball, <laughs> but whenever they made that statement where it's like, "Oh, we didn't have enough time to practice on the PTR, so we didn't know what we were doing." Well, are you the best players or aren't you? Because I think the best players would adapt. Right. And it sounds like you're just whinging. So part part of the problem was it was Blizzard paying these guys, so it's Blizzard's enterprise. Well, that too, and that yeah. that changes the whole dynamic. Back in the day, when I say back in the day, I mean like early esports examples of Unreal and Quake, and uh, maybe even early Counter Strike and stuff. The companies didn't really have that much at stake. There, the thing they had at stake was let's keep making our really fun game, and then whoever was doing esports was just at the whim of that. Like if something changed, okay, well you adjust. I think that's missing now because everyone's trying to make it a personal under the same umbrella enterprise. And that's counter to that. Like Blizzard, I guarantee they felt pressure to make it so HTC didn't have, you know, they had to tiptoe around it all the time. They've Mm -hmm. said this, they've said as much. They've actually, you know, they've said so much. So this 10% increase in speed, I think is a sweet. uh, Make it fun. Go crazy. That's the moment to do it in. Yep. I agree. It's already the arcade mode, but let's, keep, let's take it all the way. Fine with that. Yeah, why not? Uh, Amazon is made. Okay, John, you're playing uh, uh, freaking Final Fantasy. You've been playing WoW mm-hmm. for years and years and years. You like MMOs. You're a fan of the genre. What if I told you that there was a Lord of the Rings MMO out there? Now, you might say, isn't there already one, Scott? Isn't it called Lotro? <laughs> yeah. And aren't people playing it and have been since 07? And I would say, yeah, they are. <laughs> uh, what if I told you that Unrelated to that studio who made it and the people who publish it, which, by the way, has changed hands like six times. Uh, it's no longer Turbine and whoever. It's now Daybreak Games and some other developer. But anyway, still an active you know group. People like that game, whatever. What if I told you that Amazon and a, another studio are coming out with their own Lord of the Rings MMO or based on the same property? And what if I told you that was coming out in the next couple of years? Then what do you say? I'm extremely confused. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why anyone would do this. This seems like universally a bad idea. Mm. I, 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 it already existed. It hasn't exactly knocked the socks off of the world. I think uh, I'm going to get murdered by Hobbit fans, but I think the Lord of the Rings universe is a terrible universe to set. An MMO in yeah, it might. You it better might put be, your vest on. I know it might be like 
Look, I get. If we don't have Lord of the Rings, we don't have any of this. I get that it's important, but it doesn't mean I want to live in that world because it's a place where a big important story happened, but it doesn't seem like a place that's fun to adventure in. Mm. Like I don't dream of going into that world. I just don't. Like I, I love The Hobbit. I thought Lord of the Rings was okay. (laughs) And then the books or the no the books movies other way around. I love Lord of the Rings, and I thought The Hobbit was bad. How long? I'm not even going to give it Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, I've read Lord of the Rings. No, how long has it been? Is what I'm saying. Oh, uh, is if you read it as under eighteen, if you read it under eighteen and you're an adult now. I think there's stuff in there that you'll pull from it that you won't get as yet. Not, I'm not saying you don't still want an MMO or not, but I'm just saying it's it's a it's a reread worthy uh, book uh, Maybe. because of its mature I just, content. I just never liked it. Like I thought The Hobbit was a sure. great, fun, fantastic journey, and then I thought Lord of the Rings was just blech. I just it, this was a book about everybody being miserable all the time, but That's they like to pretend that they weren't, and that was fun for a little bit. But then they just went right back to being miserable. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I, I, it's fine, but we already had an MMO and it didn't do great. And now we're going to do another MMO. Mm. And I think the problem is, is I think you could make that universe interesting. I don't know if I trust anybody to actually succeed in doing that, because I think the problem is you kind of get, it's the reason why star Wars is hard to do an MMO for, um, Everybody just wants to do the same thing. Everybody wants to tell the story from the thing you know. And they get very caught up in it. And as a result, it just kind of it doesn't do its own thing. It doesn't tell its own story in an interesting and unique way. And that's where my concern is. And if I'm remembering correctly from way, way back when they tried this the first time, I also think there might be some, like, pretty heavy restrictions on what you can do with the Lord of the Rings universe. And as soon as you get into that territory, you know, you much like what we're seeing with star Wars games, like you see studios with their hands tied on what they can and can't do. And it limits the vision and it limits the fun. And it just makes for a, makes for a weird thing. It's a fair point. Um, One of the things I found out reading about this, the current Lord of the Rings online game, only has <clears throat> only has access to the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, whatever limited access to that to those IPs that 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 exist. They only have that, so they don't have any of his other works. They don't have anything pre or post Rings or Hobbit. Um, the thinking here is that this deal with Amazon, they have everything, and they would have less limits put on them. They would There's also a TV show coming too, right? Right to Amazon Prime, in fact. Yeah. So yeah. that could be so, a tie-in. So who knows? I mean, not. I'm kind of with John because I I understand what you're coming from, and this has notoriously been a very hard. I mean, they tried to make Lord of the Rings work for decades and decades and decades, and it never worked until somehow it did uh, with Jackson, and then and then everyone thought the easy thing would be, hey, what is it, why don't we have Peter Jackson now make the Hobbit? That's that makes sense. He made the amazing Lord of the Rings games. He killed it. He will surely kill it with the Hobbit. Oh my gosh, he nearly killed The Hobbit. That's one of the worst film series I've ever seen. I hate it. I hated it. Have I said it's that enough? So I hate hey, this it. is going in a direct. The Hobbit's movies are good. No, good. they're no, not. They are not. They're so I bad. like God awful. Wait, you like the prequels, though, and that's okay. But I'm just saying. <laughs> 
The prequels are good after the travesty that was the recent Star Wars films. I mean, see, we, I like people the have very different sensibilities, and prequels are good movies. I like, every bit as good as the originals. I like so the, the, the Hobbit. The, yeah. People crapped on the Hobbit. Like I, I feel like I watched a different movie. I went to the, the first Hobbit movie. This was amazing. I had the best time in the theater watching this thing. And then like tomato site was like, Oh, 50%. Everyone hates it. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> like it, it, you, way too hard. We saw a bad cynical. movie. That's, that's what we saw. We saw a real it's bad. Not, movie you didn't bad enjoy movie. it. It's not a bad movie. The first movie, the first movie is better than there's the, a the beautiful the choir them. that they sing all the 12 dwarves. i mean there is some great there's stuff some in cool that stuff. i like the rank and bass hobbit a billion times more than <laughs> I do peter too. jackson's the hobbit i do too oh well for the wrong oh, reasons well. i mean that stuff's weird and strange and not good but i will I disagree agree. with you there and we'll agree to disagree it's totally I, fair. and i'm not trying to just poo poo lord of the rings or or tolkien's universe it's not my favorite but i think someone in the chat said it uh said it best when they said it's a great foundation that a lot of people have built some amazing things on i agree i'm not trying to take anything away from the legacy that it has i just there's a lot of people have tried this and failed and i'm not just talking about mmos i mean lord of the rings in general Mm. and like scott just said you know peter jackson succeeded with lord of the rings by most accounts there's people who don't like that movie, those movies too. Um, but you're saying because the you don't majority, like it, you should do it. <laughs> the majority <laughs> would say that he then proceeded to fail with The Hobbit. Um, not everybody here, but we'll say two thirds of the people here would say that that yeah, happened. That thing made me so I, th- I think it's a problem. And, and f- furthermore, let's get away from Lord of the Rings altogether. Nobody's making MMOs anymore. And I think for a good reason. Like mm. that that's the other thing. We've been talking about nothing but uh oh, you know, Lord of the Rings. Can they do Lord of the Ring? Can they do Lord of the Ring? Nobody makes an MMO. They just continue MMOs that already existed and there's not that many of them. The only part of so, this the only part of this could be that could be interesting is that Amazon's got unending pockets and it, it's possible that if they hire the right talent, the right people, the right everything, they could make something special. Now, what that looks like, I have no idea. And I am certainly willing to wait to make before I make any sort of judgments on it. Um, but it, it is an odd play at this stage to, to go super MMO on everybody. Um, and I think it's just more challenging to do it in the face. If you're not making something fresh and new, you run the you run the risk of nobody caring because you're making something fresh and new. If you're basing it on a really important uh, property like Lord of the Rings and the Tolkien universe, you are now asking for all the possible criticism, which makes it equally as hard to make a product that's compelling because everyone's going to have their own idea about what it should look like. Should it look like the movies? Should it look like the more of the Tolkien book series? And what does that even mean? Because everyone reads the book differently, and like there's just a lot of challenges here. What makes it interesting to me is that Amazon is a giant ball of of eternal money and they could probably have a better shot than most if they just fund it, you know? Yeah, I think they're they're banking on the brand recognition because honestly, to me, Lord of the Rings is even about high-powered dudes fighting stuff. It's about sucky-ass dudes barely getting away all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, there's this giant thing, except there's one powerful wizard or a couple powerful wizards. Uh, so this world where everyone's the hero, right? Probably. And then 
everyone's rating and is the best is doesn't doesn't fit thematically with what we know the Lord of the Rings folk tale that 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 um what do they call it the hero journey you know the, the hero's journey yeah, yeah. The, the, the hero's journey that that is that story uh you know a small person of limited effect effect in the world going against great beings and beasts to overcome something it's very uh, looking for the word fable right so it's very fairy tale that that that, that um structure and MMOs are, are not that structure. You're not some little guy facing the big world. You're some overpowered dude with giant shoulder pads and tons of items who whines and complains when the world doesn't bend to the will that you think. Um, that's pretty much MMO, the state of MMOs now. So Lord of the Rings doesn't fit it. I'm it, very hopeful for the TV show, though. I, I think I think they could do it really well. Yeah, the TV show I'm maybe very excited about. Uh, very excited about that. Maybe they'll reinvent the MMO, though. And I, and I guess that's... No, that's it's gonna be I'll bad. I, that's where I'll we agree. Come full circle and say, I I don't know. Maybe they do something. Like I don't root for bad games, so maybe this will end up being cool. I don't think it will be. I wouldn't bet on it. it could be the greatest thing I agree of all with time, that. but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I this is the herald of the second coming of MMOs. Yeah, it's the Jesus MMO. <laughs> yep. Yep. Build your build Called your own, here uh, first. Well, you know what they should do, and they haven't done yet, is a fighting game that features all religious figures oh, shut up that's a great idea we used to talk about that in high school my friend really wanted to make that game we're pushing 40 now so i don't think it's happening so i can talk about it but we really want to have just the most sacrilegious game with all the religious people fighting it out street fighter style yeah you get jesus versus muhammad and oh it's bloody that sounds awesome yeah oh no, yeah it would be great i but know there's it would be bad <laughs> I, the, the development company would be bombed by all the major religions of the world yeah uh yeah, but that's the point of making it. Yeah. It would cause that. world peace by giving everybody a single enemy to hate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, maybe that's the way to do it. Everyone hates the, the game. The bison character is like Satan, you know? Oh, my gosh, dude. Great idea. Perfect. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for your idea. That's the game we need, folks. Anyway, watch for that. Also, if you're living in the UK, um, just be careful. If you live in Europe, not just the UK. Uh, DeepMind is currently playing StarCraft two on the european ladder and it's doing it anonymously nobody knows who it is where it is or if you just got beat by him so this is a great story it's pretty great I love it. this is where i wanted this to go like i remember back when morheim got up on stage and said esports have never been better and then talked about deep mind i remember thinking well this is boring but wait maybe this is really cool because we're going to troll the whole starcraft community at some point and that's what's happening like you you may be playing this ultra smart AI and not know it and get your ass handed to yourself and then never know the deep mind is what destroyed your ladder placement that month, which is pretty interesting. So there's a whole story out on a PC gamer. If you guys want to read about it, it's pretty neat. Any thoughts, feelings, comments? <laughs> I love, I just, I love, I don't know how many people dug it. I assume some people did, but I love this whole deep mind story. But since the first day, Mike Morheim came up and started talking about deep mind. I've been super into this idea. Yeah. I just, I like the idea of, you know, programming, uh, trying to take on challenges to beat other humans, because that's, these are the kinds of things that are going to lead to our Skynet future. And, and so we need to do this. And I'm just, I just love it. I, <laughs> and I like the fact that they're doing it stealthy, which I, don't think has ever been possible. Like the chess person, the chess computer can't show up to the chess tournament and mm. be anonymous, right? Mm -mm. No, 
I mean, yeah. if there's an online version of the, of that scenario, yeah, it could do like this is doing. I guess they have chess online, so somebody could be doing it, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Yeah, it's fascinating though. Like, kind of I really dig this. Pretty interesting. I like it. I think AI is where we need to focus our efforts if we want to evolve video games. I know it opens all the doors. People are like, oh, you're gonna make Skynet and all that, but I mean, AI like that changes video gaming forever if we can nail that and make it better. I mean, I played an AI just because I wanted to experience the 10% faster change. I played an AI game of Heroes yesterday. Yeah. I made the mistake of trying to do it on a healer where I can't actually affect that much when the AI is making weird decisions. Mm. And they're rushing our core with a boss, and my entire AI teammate decides, now's the time. We need to go take, we need to go to the top lane, which is the least pushed in lane, and we need to start fighting this fort real hard. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like AI pinging the uh, the the core to defend it, and they're not coming. <laughs> like that's the easiest program in the world. Hey, when the human being says go someplace, you should go someplace because he probably has a better idea than what. No, they just wanted to be in that lane. Wow, no, we're just gonna be in the top lane right now. They wanted nothing to do with it. Well, they got AI their... could. I was gonna say really they got they they got their ten percent faster, so at least there's that. <laughs> they got yeah, there a lot faster. Never, they didn't ever make it back to the core. They just sat there. I watched <laughs> the core die. A very easily defendable core scenario just die because the the teammates never came back. They just wanted to fight a fort. Well, uh, it's interesting. Go read it, everybody. PC Gamer. They got a story on it. Uh, it's it's uh, very good. I was gonna say one other thing about it, and I forgot what it was. Oh, I know. Someone in the chat says, there is a fighting game with religious characters. It is called Fight of Gods, and it's even on the Switch, and Jesus can fight Buddha in that game. He's, what? But Pratipus in the chat says, it's bad, though. He's the one telling us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds bad. <laughs> Sounds very bad. Uh, but it exists, Bo. You can go get it. Now Fight of Gods. Now. Fight of gods yeah it looks bad see i was picturing it mortal mortal combat style where you know how they desecrate the corpse yeah. <laughs> like this doesn't look like it has that so this nothing. has a high reviews on steam i'm surprised not very many reviews it just came out march 28th this year oh yeah all the developers had to get in there listen to their it. listen to their blurb your prayers have been answered for the first time nope. ever gods holy spirits and mythological characters from around the globe and throughout history will clash in an explosive 2D fighter where the entire world is at stake. Man, if that doesn't sell you. Well, you know, it doesn't look graphically very good, but they're doing it right. Jesus enters into the arena on a cross, and then he breaks them off, and he's got these two pieces of wood left. For his- <laughs> <laughs> and then like his ultimate looks like a laser from God comes down and lights wow. them up. I don't, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's pretty good. Uh, this part is also good under its features. Unparalleled roster, it says. Juggernauts from religion and mythology collide in battles filled with ancient magic and divine powers. Here's my favorite bit. Unleash the full might of Jesus, Buddha, Moses, Zeus, Odin and many more in a struggle for existence itself. That's awesome. It oh seems like there's too oh many. There's not enough Christian gods, though. They're the ones that would hate this the most. You really got to stick it to Christians. Well, I like Muslims. I like that Bo is just like this game is not good unless it trolls the heart. <laughs> well, that's the whole point of doing it. Like, who's going to be offended to use the Norse gods or the Egyptian gods? Who cares? Like, yeah. Get me Satan. Get me Gabriel. Get me Muhammad. Get me Jesus. Get me all the people that are going to make, you know, 
people mad basically and put those guys in the game they'll never put muhammad in there he'll just die but i like benjamin's idea put santa in there i like that put santa claus santa santa's yeah. great <laughs> saint yeah. nick uh Mid- midget wookie in the chat says didn't scott do some esports announcing i did a i did a really dumb thing in vegas a few months ago is that what you mean because that's the best that's the i don't even think you can call that esports announcing there was no sports happening it was just me it, yeah i don't know why they're asking that all right anyway there you go go check it out well, what was the point of that oh yeah go get fight go check god. out god monsters or whatever the hell it's called what's it called <laughs> whatever it's it called is fight of god fight of gods that's a dumb name, man. Dumb, dumb yep. name. Well, what are you going to do? We live in. Ugh. Yeah. Time for an email. Oh, no. Sorry. We got to talk about what we're playing right now. Um, I've been playing a lot of Mario Maker 2. If you want to see my levels, I've been posting them on Twitter. And uh, if you already follow me on there, you'll see them. They're real dumb, short, and just me learning. I'm learning. I did a whole stream today where I was trying to do a Mad Max themed one in the desert. It didn't really turn out great, but it turned out okay. And I made a really cool car mechanic in it that I didn't think was going to work. It ended up working. So I'm kind of proud of that. But Super Mario Maker 2 has totally got me by the by the tenders. I like that game a lot. Um, back to playing a lot more Heroes. Like multiple games every day, weirdly. It's been a while since I've done that. And I also picked up on sale the, the, the waning moments of the Steam sale. I picked up Pathfinder Kingmaker because it likes me some isometric... Uh, RPG business and uh, so far so good except I think I hit a bug that's a kind of a game killer and I got to figure out what to do with it I'm trying to contact the devs but uh, it's a it's really a nicely made game really good UI great voice work great graphics like everything's great Um, I like it feels open worldy in a way that these other games don't so much so I'm totally digging it Uh, except I got to a place where I'm having what I think is kind of a, or has been common in the past. I don't know how common, but an inventory bug where it says I'm encumbered. And the way it does that, it says the group as a total has too much weight going on. So everybody's losing all their stats because they can't, you know, walk as fast or it hurts their critical strikes and stuff like that. So it wants you to get, and in some cases they can't move very much. So it's like any of these games where you have encumbrance, you need to get rid of some of the stuff in your bags. I go and do that, and I am well below that limit. It still says I have all that weight that I got rid of, but I've destroyed it all. So it's not in my bags anymore, yet I'm still encumbered and have all the weight, and I cannot get out of it. And I found a couple of posts where people had a similar thing. So trying to figure that out because that that's a bummer. I don't want to start over. I've got a lot of story under my belt already, and I don't want to start over. So game, you better write yourself, or else maybe we had a very short $10 relationship. But... Very impressed otherwise <laughs> until I hit that bug. It's a very bad bug. It's a bad bug. And you can't cheat your way through it either. There's no, there might be some trainers or something mm. I could install, but there's no cheats to unlimit your bags or whatever. And I don't want to even do that. In Steam Workshop? Not there's that no I could find. No, not, not, none that I could uh, see. I think you really want to do that stuff. It does disable, you know, certain things. Yeah. And I don't like how it. I mean, I would rather play it the way it's supposed to be played, and it has yeah. lots of it has lots of difficulty settings and things that I can tweak around with, but none of them are are inventory related in the sense that I can fix this. So I'm I'm just trying to figure out if there's a way to do it, and I can't I can't figure it out. Anyway, there's does that the game. Does the game look good though? It's beautiful. Yeah, I love how it looks. Um, I think it's I think the spell effects are cool. I like the look a lot better than say probably the closest comparison would be those um, Obsidian games. Um, 
Oh, Dungeon geez. Siege? No, the Marie's more recent. And they were Kickstarter. Uh, Pillars of Eternity. Pillars of Eternity, which I like those games a lot, but I don't think they look all that great. Um, this okay. looks better than those. And so far, the story is really, really good, straightforward. I've been able to follow all the threads really well. I like the characters that are in my party and that have been introduced to. has a great sort of on-ramp for new players. Uh, lots of customization. I'm not super familiar with the Pathfinder systems, but and it it's, feels like it's really nuts and bolts Pathfinder, though, right? Yeah, it like is. You're learning another rule system. Yeah, so your roles and your, you know, D&D your 3.5 roughly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. I didn't play a yeah. lot of 3.5. In fact, I didn't play any 3.5, but that's what I've heard. Me neither. So it feels like that, though. It feels like you're playing Baldur's Gate or something. So the the fighting is live time, and you can pause it, but and queue things up if you want, but basically it's it's rolls behind the scene, dice rolls, and and everything's happening according to that. It's got a very complicated rest system, way more than D&D does, um, and I haven't quite got my head around that. I haven't really needed to yet, though, so not that big a deal. But The, the, the spellcasters have to recover spell slots? Is that, it's that, yes. Some of them, not all of them. Some of them act as cantrips, and they can just use them whenever they want, as many times as they want, with cooldowns in the fights, but some of them are ones they have to get with rest, so they reset that stuff. They also have, um, I'm just trying to remember, it was just complicated. Like, you had to do a little bit of math. Like, all right, well, if we if we rest this long, oh, and you and you have people guard, um, you know, like we do. Someone has to sit watch, and you have to tell who's going to do it and when and for how long, and if that one guy doesn't get any sleep, he doesn't get any of his stuff back. And it's just a, you know... It, they, oh, they had, it really is nuts and bolts, the role-playing experience. Yeah, then. very much so, yeah, which I think is why it's appealing to me. Most D&D games kind of skirt over the more nuts and bolts things for the sake of the video game experience. Mm-hmm. But there's something appealing about using being faithful to a rule system in a video game setting because that's the draw for the game. This was also a Kickstarter project, and I think, by and large, the fan base for that kind of game probably demanded it. Um. Oh, sure, and maybe sure. the devs, you know, that was probably part of their pitch. They were like, you know, we want this to be true I mean, to the Pathfinder. In a way, like, I can see why you would skip over rules for the sake of video game, but I can see why you wouldn't if you want to onboard people into your role-playing game. It helps them to learn the rules in a video game setting. Right. So I don't think it's out of I don't think you want every game to be like that, but, I mean, I know if I played a D&D game or anything, like, I'd want to play it with the rule system and not have stuff skipped over. Yep. It's part of why I'm so excited for the new Baldur's Gate because I, you know, all my D and D experience is post 3.5, so I've never played. I've played, you know, original Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate Two, Icewind Dale. I've played a bunch of these games, but I didn't really know the rules at the time. So to me, it was just, oh, it's just how that game works. Right. And with Baldur's Gate Three being based on Fifth Edition rules, it's going to be the first time that I've ever come to one of these games and known the rule set that it's based on at the same time as playing and i'm really curious how that's gonna translate my experience it could same. be positive could be negative but i'm i'm really excited to find out yeah same i think that's going to be cool if it ever comes out i'm worried about how long that's going to take that thing to get made but yeah it's fine whatever you got to do guys take your time make a good game that's what we want um and i should mention i played a lot more rocket league um for whatever reason that's got its hooks back in me and I don't know why, except that game's great. It's fun, and we played it last week. We had a good uh, time. John, what are you uh, dabbling in this week? Been on a lot of MMOs. Mm. Uh, tried to get back into World of Warcraft, their 8.2 patch. I think it's 8.2, the Shara deal. Yep. 
and it's just not holding me. Um, I'm having a really hard time finding footing in that thing. And so I made a little more progress into it and then ultimately turned it off. Uh, most of my time has gone into Final Fantasy XIV, getting up to what I believe is going to be getting into the first expansion fairly soon. So I'm really looking forward to that um, because, like we said earlier, that's by all accounts where the story really starts to pick up. Mm -hmm. And then kind of like you guys, been getting into a lot of multiplayer hijinks in Heroes of the Storm. Uh, we played Warhammer Vermintide 2 the other night, and that was a good reminder of what a blast that game is. That game's still super great. Is that multiplayer uh, stuff, or is the PvP stuff out yet, or no PvP stuff yet? No, no, it hasn't changed from since last you played okay, it. Okay, okay. I was just curious. That There's a there. beta that's out for it, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Killing rats, always good. Never a bad time. It was a great time. Yeah. We had a great time. We missed you. Wish you could have been there. Yeah. Bad night, turned out. Actually, oh, people probably wonder why the show's happening today and not yesterday. Same thing. My wife had a camp to go to. I was up all night helping her. Had to get up at 4 o'clock this morning. I'm on farmer's hours right now, and it sucks. No. Uh, I hate it, but it's okay. I'm going to sleep good tonight. All will be well tomorrow. And and you also played some Rocket League, John? Uh, Not separate from what we did, mm. but, man, did I have a good time playing that with you guys. Uh, I... I can't wait to play more. I mean, that game has a real appealing hook and we sat down. I think we played more matches of it than we even intended to. And uh, it's just, it's one of the easiest one more game games that I've ever played. And yeah, yeah it's, it's so good. Still super solid. I played a bunch of games post with you guys, not that same night, but just since like we last played and I, there was this guy on this team and I went, oh, I decided to do ranked mode, just see what, what's up in there. And played a couple of games. Everything went fine. Kind of what I thought it would be. I won two, lost one. Kind of what you expect. Get into the fourth game, and there's a guy named Jeff. Just Jeff on his car. Uh, and Jeff was a phenom. Like, he's juggling the ball midair. He's doing backflips to tap it into the corner of the goal. He's making shots that are just ungodly. Like, I don't know how, you know, it's one of these guys. He's obviously, like, pro level or approaching it. And after every goal he made, he gave us like a paragraph of apologies. So he would do it. It wasn't trolly either. It was him like going, guys, I am so sorry. I, I, I forgot to rank up last month. I'm kind of making up for it now. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I apologize. <laughs> and then he did it again. And he'd say, oh, seriously, I'm so sorry. I'm really not trying to make this game one-sided. It's just, it's just kind of muscle memory. I apologize. I hope everyone's having a good time. Like he was, he seemed very legit, like very sincere. Wow. But he was in there just destroying it. And the game ended up being like 10 to 2. It was ridiculous. So wait, was, was he on your team mind. or was he against you guys? He was on my team. and <laughs> So he's apologizing for like hogging the ball? Well, they, that thing has global texting, so you can say it to everybody. Oh. So he was saying it to them as well. Um, at least I think so. I think they can all read it. I think that's how that yeah, game yeah, works. Yeah, so. it's just, yeah. There's, no, yeah. there's probably a team chat, but the default is global. Yeah, it's just, it's just a global game, chat. Game Anyway, it's just the weirdest thing. And then after those matches, he was gone and it went back to normal, like two or three goals per team sort of games. But um, maybe it's a deep mind bot. And it knows <laughs> it's pretty low and it's programmed to apologize or programmed itself to apologize. 
I love that idea that it's programmed to be really affable and kind. You're like, this guy is really good. Yeah. Like, rrr, 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 rrr. They want to beat players, but also beat toxicity at the same time. That's their goal. Yeah. yeah. But it was really fun, and I'm with John. That game's just rad. Bo, what did you spend your time with this last week? Same old stuff. Magic the Gathering and Heroes of the Storm. Nice. And I played Rat Game, which was fun. Yeah. I, oh, I bought a Battle Pass. Oh, for Rat Game? For Magic Arena. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't know Rat Game so had a Battle com- Pass. Committed to, uh, per week, getting about 15 wins, I think, to get the value out of the, the pass. But uh, there's some there's some pretty cool rewards in there. I kind of am a sucker for that stuff. So Game still seems like it it's... Uh, 20 bucks it's for the popping. Battle Pass for... They just released the I'm, core set for 2020, and so it's. I'm a sucker for the battle pass structure anyway. There's something about that, even in games I don't play that much. Like the battle pass is exciting. You know what structure I saw in that game makes me realize they could do it for Hearthstone. Oh, totally, they could. Super yeah. easily, and it's funny that they haven't done it actually in Hearthstone. I, think I look at funny. what they did, and I'm like. I, Why is this Hearthstone? <laughs> I think it's funny. That, I, I think the <laughs> it's a good face. I think it's funny that John likes the battle pass structure, and to me, it, I don't mind it. I think it's—I actually kind of like it too. But it feels very mobile to me, and I don't know why. Like it feels like a mobile game idea construct, and maybe it never did. Maybe it came to mobile already, but it just feels like a mobile thing to me. So that's just funny to hear you say that. I don't know. I, it's something about it. Feels like the evolution of, uh, you know, loot boxes or whatever ea calls it now surprise mechanics um it feels like the the natural evolution of that of you know we want you in this game we want you playing this game frequently and we're going to reward you for it and you have expectations and there's a buy-in i know a lot of battle pass options will actually assuming you use it in the right way will in the game's currency pay you back for the battle pass so you can afford the next one for free so if you do it enough and you rank up enough and you play it legit enough, you can just keep letting that ride. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's that's some, true in, in the magic one. You can get gems in it. Wow. There, there's some stuff in there where you can say, like, oh, it's kind of skeevy and all of that. But right now we're talking about games that are there to try to be your big game that you play constantly. And if that is the game for you that's doing that and it's doing it well, I see a big value in that. I would have probably saw a big value in heroes doing that, but heroes didn't. They they did loot boxes and I'm not saying that's necessarily good or bad, but I don't have a game that I play that way. So I've battle passes have always been bad value for me, but in a game I play a lot, it might be nice. Here's the thing with magic that make and probably card games in general, but for magic, I can really put my finger on the value of it because they sell things in packs which you know has a real life street value and then the game has a value so i can spend twenty dollars on the battle pass let's say it's a a buck a pack a booster then if i get 20 boosters out of it i've essentially everything after that's profit it's just easier to wrap my head around it when it comes to cosmetics i'm like what is a you know skin really worth what is a hat really worth right like am i really getting my value out of this probably not on any level but at least for cards it has physical existence i'm kind of like yeah okay and then you made a good point john is you can go infinite on the good ones and i'm like why doesn't i I don't know hearthstone Hearthstone could heroes definitely should have it i'd love it if they converted to that or would have see the thing is though the hot thing was loot boxes when 2.0 happened 
And it was just the wrong moment because it was still kind of going hot right then. And all the fallout after has been devastating to the whole loot box structure. Everyone hates them, doesn't trust them, doesn't like them anymore. And I think both Overwatch heroes and anything else that uses loot boxes is, is they're probably eyeing better ideas or ways of changing things. I think a battle pass makes yeah, so much sense. Yeah, before battle pass. Uh, I think I'd do one. I'm, yeah, I would do a battle pass. Free to play, Diablo yeah. 4 battle pass. In a heartbeat. Pass. I'd do a Diablo like, 3 battle pass if they just keep adding content to the game. Like, yeah, it's, it, that would work for that game. They're not going to, but if they did, I would. So anyway, yeah, it's... You can uh, get up to a $200 value with the MTG Arena battle pass. Cool. It's pretty well, good. Definitely worth it. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Quick email from emailer Dylan, who wrote into the website, frogpants.com slash core. He says, hi, Scott and crew. This email is for both core and boop, if possible. I'd love to hear everyone's opinions and strategies. Well, we're going to start with boop or core. I mean, I did this on Twitter, is, by the way. Well, can we bring Brian in? Is he around? He's not around. Well, yeah, maybe. Let's call Brian. I don't know. Let's get him. He did text get me. Brian. He did send me a message. He sometimes drops in on the show. I've seen him here before. Oh, today at noon, he sent me a message, but I missed it. Well, that's too bad. You realize when you postponed core, you said Boop will be on. I know. Let me tell you why I do it. Yep. Because they're both capitalized names. They're both four <laughs> letters long and they're a single syllable. I and know. I do it all the time and it drives me crazy. I do it all the time. I'm not reproaching you, but a lot of people felt the need to comment, including myself. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> your, your comment was pretty good. I liked yours. Um I was mostly just like, oh boy, this is going to be the timeline for a while. It's just people going, did you mean core? Yeah, did you mean core? <laughs> you said boop. I got that all afternoon yesterday. It's okay, though. Uh, so anyways, he says this. With the wealth of games these days, meaning quantity, there's a lot of games to play, plus the demands on being a, an adult, I find myself struggling to even start a game, kind of like analysis paralysis, let alone finish it. AAA games keep getting longer and longer and or have mechanics for continual play. Indie games are better than ever, and they are so, but there are so many of them. The completionist in me wants to do every side quest, get the best gear, and explore everything in every game, but the realist says to just get to the end of the story and move on to the next one. How do each of you manage or balance this? Thanks, everybody, Dylan. Uh, for me, I feel your pain, dude, 100%. And... It's weird. It's almost like I'm more driven to less AAA experiences. Um, you know, by that I mean, you know, 50, 60 hour experiences and being pushed more toward independent games that are smaller, more bite size for that reason. Like I can still get some cool, innovative gameplay and some, you know, rad stuff from an indie developer without having to dedicate two months to a single experience. Plus, I like to play a lot of stuff. I like variety in my games. I can't just play one game. Or two games, um, so for me, I'm I'm totally with you. For me, it's not analysis paralysis; it's it's choice paralysis. It's just where am I going to put my time? If I've got time to play a game, where am I going to put it? And then it suddenly becomes really hard to do anything. So I'm I'm with you. You guys feel the same, Bo? Do you? I saw you nodding over there. What do you think about all this? Yeah, uh, I think there's a certain game style that has completionist because he mentioned that. Uh, there's plenty of games that aren't. Like if you play Civilization, it's not a completionist game. You can just keep playing it, playing it, playing it, playing it, playing it, playing it, playing it. Mm -hmm. So it's really a genre. So I think if you're going to play a game that is an adventure, I give it like if I am, I'm very skeptical about buying it for myself. And then if I do buy it, it's got five to ten hours to grab me. 
and then I'm committed. Otherwise, I have to get rid of it. Right. A good example is The Witcher. Every question mark that pops up on that damn game, I'm going. <laughs> it's a worthless damn magic sword that I don't need. I'm I'm in Skellige boating around, doing nothing, ignoring the story, just fishing out all the barrels from the sea. I do that too. Uh, so yeah. when there's a game that is worthy of my time, then I do it. Otherwise, I just got to, you know, it breaks my heart, but I'm like, I just can't. I just can't see myself in a relationship with you game. So, yeah. you know, it's not going to happen. There's so many that I'll, I'll buy one on steam and I know I'm going to play it. And I say to myself, well, I'll just, you know, I just got to make time. And then three years will pass and I'll realize I never played it. <laughs> yeah. Never played the damn thing. So, yeah. It's, they took alpha protocol off steam and I bought that with the full intention of playing it like five or six years ago. I never played it. Well, you still can. <laughs> you still own it. You should play it. Give alpha protocol yeah. a try. I say, uh, before John answers that whole thing, I'd just like to put up this image for the chat to see. Uh, Bo found out and put up a screenshot of Santa Claus does indeed feature in Fight of Gods. And I, this looks like a selfie with him and Jesus. Is that what this is? Yeah, I think the game has a selfie yeah. mode. Oh, my Lord, dude. And I, well, there I just, you go. <laughs> I didn't mean that as a... Your game is an interesting <laughs> take. Hopefully you make enough money to make two and up the graphics and violence and put more, you know sacrilegious figures in there be great yeah you know what you know what people want uh john what do you uh what's your take on all that i think you need to just find out what you dig what you want to be a part of um and just kind of i I mean for me it was definitely coming to terms with the fact that i'm not every game is for me and that there are some that i can consume and enjoy maybe through twitch streams maybe through just hearing other people talk about it hearing about Eve Online is a real good experience. Like, I can read cool news stories about that. I don't need to experience that game. I don't need to be a part of that. But I can enjoy that world by reading, here's the crazy thing that they uh, got into. But I tend to be the the type of, of gamer uh, that likes to be a part of the zeitgeist. I like the social aspect of gaming. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoy playing a game, but equally on par with that, I enjoy getting to talk to uh, friends who have gotten to go through and played games and and done it and i think that's why we see things like twitch being so popular is because it's a way to kind of get communal about this thing mm-hmm. i think deep down people just want to be nerds together and sometimes it's hard and awkward to have that conversation and streaming games and all of that is a real good way to have people nerd out about the same things you're into at the same time you know when you're screaming because mr x is chasing you other people are <laughs> you know, right there with you for the ride. You know, maybe yeah. they can't do it themselves, but they can they can play along and that can be a dialogue that you have. I so. guarantee you I wouldn't have played RE2's remaster without that. Like I can't do those alone. Can't do it. It's just too much for me. But and I know plenty of people can and that's great. John played it like four or five times or whatever it is now. But um but for me having the chat room there to have that communal experience and to sort of have proximity with some, some people made it actually literally made it possible for me to play through it and not throw the controller down and say, I'm never touching this again. Did you play through it? I did. You played through half of it. I played through the first. That's where we last left that. (laughs) If the game, if the game truly like that's, I, I need the definition from Capcom. Is it truly, bonus content to play her or is it half the game to play her you have played you did not fight the final boss of the game you've played through half of the game i fought mr x and that's all i needed 
he is not the final boss. I hate him so bad. <laughs> he's he's not he's not even the only second uh, to last boss. I don't want he's people to make play possible. these games, uh, Scott. I'm I'm on your team. No, but you didn't finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> you finished fifty percent of it. All right. Um, after I, I, I want to be on your side here, but then yeah. fine. I'll say Outlast Two. I beat from top to finish. Uh, I beat. Uh, uh, what was the game I played before that? Oh, Resident Evil 7, top to bottom. Uh, same thing, stream. I would never play those Arguably, games. Arguably, that game seemed way worse than Resident Evil Oh, 2. by far worse. No question about it. But the difference was, you know, it's this simple difference. That game, yes, it's it's scary moments where I think scarier than anything in 2. Except for Mr. X constantly walking around who didn't exist in the first iteration of this game. They took a thing from three. Yeah, he did. No, it was in no. three. Is in no, three. No, he, he, he was in two. two. He was in two. Not to get all Resident Evil nerd on you, Scott. Oh. Let me push up my glasses here. But if you played through the B scenario of Resident Evil 2, that's actually the original introduction of Mr. X. Okay, but he wasn't there for, for the stuff with what's-his-name because when I played that game for the first time in the 90s, I beat it. I'm sorry. I got half done with it because I never touched the. Yeah, you beat 50% of the game and he wasn't in it at all. Yeah, I never touched the. I never touched He's the Claire in part. in the second half of the game. Okay. Well, the, so, so there you go. I've never had to experience him before. And so to have him now, he is horrifying. I hate him. It's not even him. It's not him. It's not the way he looks. It's that stalking around and staring at me and hearing him yeah. upstairs. Oh my gosh, dude. It's great. It's like a right great now, mechanic. It's, a, it's such a great game. Right now, I wish I had more light in here because that freaks me out even talking should, about him. You should finish it. I know because it's that it's that thunk, thunk, wait thunk till Kim comes that you back. just hear upstairs. <laughs> ah, so good. Wait, wait till Kim anyway, comes back. Anyway, see, this is just as enjoyable to me as playing Resident Evil 2. That's there, why I, I have it. That's where I kind of decide where I'm going to, you know, put my stock in AAA games is. You know, what are the games I feel like I'm going to have fun conversations with my friends about? I mean, I'll give you another anecdote. Uh, ben, I, you know, good buddy of mine. We yep. do another show together. But he uh, he is just now getting into The Last of Us, a game that I played and wanted to talk about. And he didn't want to hear about because he didn't want spoilers. Yeah, I respected it. I didn't talk spoilers with him. And now here we are all these years later, he's finally playing it and he's going to enjoy the game. He's going to love it. Last of Us is a fantastic game, but he keeps coming up to me and being like, John, I got to fall. And I'm like, I don't remember what that means anymore. <laughs> I, like, I get that you're excited and you want to talk about this, but you need to catch me when it's relevant because I have no memory of it now. I assume that's and a season thing, right? In that game? like. Yeah, okay. and, and I vaguely remember it being divided into seasons and, and all of that. And so he's coming up and, like, dropping these bombshells on me. And he's like, Joel got injured yesterday. And I was like, yeah, I remember that being a big deal. But I don't know what I can say and what I can't say. So I'm just like, yeah, what are you going to do? We're not having a real good conversation about that game because I can't remember what happened in it because he's coming to it so damn late in the game. Yeah, he so, should, he you should know, stream that. that's important to you. Judge. Yeah, he should stream that, and you should watch him stream it, and then you can relive it. I like that. He did stream it. I did watch it for a little bit. I, my favorite bit uh, is watching people watch the brutal opening to that game. Oh, man. Just how quiet it gets when people are either A, crying, or trying real hard not to cry about the opening. There's nothing game. quite like that. 
the opening to that game is really something. It, it's uh, a tearjerker. It'll melt your cheese. Hey, speaking of melting cheese, if you want to send us your emails, you can. Frogpants.com slash core. You can also send us voicemails if you like. 801-471-0462. I believe that might just do it for us. Thanks all for joining us. We're going to be sticking around playing Heroes tonight. See what these changes actually mean. Running around at 10% faster speed sounds real good to me. So we're going to go do some of that right after this. In the meantime, our show is supported primarily and entirely by you, dear listeners. Go to patreon.com slash core show. That's patreon.com slash core show. And give what you can while you can. We'd really appreciate it. And thanks to everybody who already does. Frogpants.com slash core is our website. You'll find everything there that you need. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Bo, for John. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.